Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. Hey, Bob, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. You thought, right. we were getting a bit, you thought we had a bad connection, didn't you? I did. I got a little yeah. bit worried. Yeah. I just thought actually maybe your brain shut down. I've been that's waiting for that. That's to, probably, yeah. you're, you're pretty safe with that. Yep. All right. We're now going to play Where in the World is Father Dave Pavanka. That's right. You are, I do not know where you are. Okay. And I intentionally tried to not find out where you are. Mm-hmm. So can you give me some non-baseball related clues as to where you might be today? Wow. I don't know if there are any non-baseball related clues. What do you mean? Okay, you're in Cooperstown. <laughs> How did you know? No. no. Okay, I just thought uh, Let's see. Um, March. The action or the month? Yes. Um, Indianapolis. Yes. Am I, am I right the first time? <laughs> you are. Like for March Madness. Yeah, yeah. Is that happening was, in Indianapolis? It is. I was <gasps> Did going you see to go, any, are you seeing any games? No, no, no. Oh, I, wish. I was going to say 500. What would If I had said 500, what would you have said? Daytona. Oh, I should have gone 500. Well, the march worked really well, too. But who's, who's actually marching? There's no marching. You said yes. You asked the question, yes, and it was yes. It wasn't yes for both of them. It was yes for one of them. <laughs> Oh, you're going to play like that from now on. All right. Good to know. Oh, so what are you doing in Indianapolis? Talk. Yeah, just visiting some friends at the university. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it's and, great. And it's not great. seeing a game. Loyola no, went no, actually, out, unfortunately. That was a that was a close game. So yeah. no more Sister Jean. I did see it. It's funny because I've not In the media. Seen, She's still alive, everybody. By the yes. Way, I did. I've not seen hardly any basketball. But last night I did see the fourth quarter of the UCLA. And who was it? UCLA, who do they beat? Alabama, oh. which was a great bow, finish. Bow, great. Bow. UCLA ended up winning, but it was a great finish. So, yeah. yeah. But my so. my bracket, like I've got three teams left. It's a total dumpster fire. <laughs> do you yeah. have the Zags at the top of it? That's the, I do. I do. My younger brother graduated favorites. from there. My younger brother graduated from there, so it's kind of a – although it's not a hard pick because they're a great team. But, yeah, you, you, want, you want to support the family, right? Yeah. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we got to talk with each other today. Uh, to all you listening, thrilled uh, that you are tuning in. In the midst of Holy Week, Yes. today, as we all know, is Spy Wednesday. Yeah, which is always kind of... Yeah, which is... But why is it Spy Wednesday? Well, isn't it because that's when Judas betrayed Jesus and was like sneaking around and... You know, had like a long mustache and was like, Moo. <laughs> that's well, that's exactly. it's a rough translation. It's a yeah, rough yeah, translation. Yeah, it is. It is. It's you the know, good news it's, for it's the message. Yeah. Good exactly. news for modern people. Right, <laughs> exactly. Right, right. But yeah, it's now, an odd day to, it's an odd, yeah. It's, is that an actual title of today or is that just like. I, honestly, it, it's not an official liturgical, but it's certainly one that's, that's been mentioned time and time and time again. Right. Yeah. That's the gospel. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I love, I mean, I. We've had this discussion that you hate Lent. Do you also hate Holy Week? No. Oh, so no. you like Holy as, Week? As much as I don't like Lent, I love Holy Week. Holy Week. And so Triduum is just the greatest of all things. And in fact, so I think I. I love it more because of my dislike of Lent. Okay. You know, I like I'm that. not. I'm not going from like happy to happy. I'm going from horrible to awesome. Yeah. 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 And I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, I love. I love. I love. I love. Uh, 
love Holy Week. Okay, so here's my here's my thought as we begin just talking a little bit about uh, the Triduum. Hmm. If if I had like these supernatural abilities, and, and maybe one of these times, just mark this down, Bob. We need to go if we had like superpowers what would those be so let's have that conversation some other time but one superpower I'm ready for it now well I know you are but we're talking about holy week so settle down settle settle down I got really excited I knew that's why he said mark this down because (laughs) I I won't forget I won't knew the train would go off (laughs) off the rails really really quick yeah why don't you just ask Um, me what what color my lightsaber would be no come on I'm ready for this no Bob we're we're not going to go there come on stay focused stay focused okay I'm focused um, if I, yeah, if I could do something, I, I think a danger of the Triduum is that we jump to Easter hmm. and, and I would encourage, and, and that's what we're going to actually talk about this morning, just dip, each different part of the Triduum, but I'd like to be able to go into people's minds and, and kind of erase the ending because I had somebody say to me, you know, why do we go through the, you know, the sadness of Good Friday? We know he's going to rise. Well, Imagine if all we knew was what we've read the last couple of days, you know, or the last 40 days, the stories of Jesus's healings and his miracles and his casting out demons and his love and his care and his concern for the people. And this is all we know, right? We didn't know the end of the story. And then we've got today or yeah, today he gets arrested and and just the kind of craziness. It's like, well, what did he do wrong? And, And then tomorrow night's service, which is just so beautiful. But then Friday. And again, we don't know the end of the story. And we'd be like, what the heck? But my concern is, is that we don't stay where Jesus is. And we just mm-hmm. kind of jump to the end of the story. And we just prepare for Easter. And we don't really enter into Thursday. We don't really enter into Friday. So I think that's our, our desire and our hope for everybody on this podcast is to help everyone enter into that. One of the things that blew me away when somebody pointed it out to me, gosh, it was just a few years ago. So it's always great how we just keep learning about the faith and things that we do all the yeah. time. Um, but was the realization that Holy Thursday to the Easter Vigil is in a sense one liturgy. I right. mean, it even even to the point where you make the sign of the cross at the beginning of Holy Thursday, but you you don't have a blessing at the end. The Good Friday service doesn't have a sign of the cross at the beginning or the end. And then as you go into the vigil, you also don't. So there's really this sense of this is one long celebration that begins Thursday night and goes until the culmination of uh, the Easter vigil. And yeah, yeah. I would I would say in my own life, a greater appreciation of the Easter vigil has been a gift really the past few years. To be honest, I, growing up as a family, we just never did the vigil. I never See? you know, thought much about it. It was just, we went to mass on Easter, which is great because we went to mass mm-hmm. every Sunday mm-hmm. and it was always very mm-hmm. special, but really appreciating um, the, the vigil, but the not vigiling. just the vigil, but the role of Holy Thursday, right. whole Good Friday right. and the vigil really right. is like, whoa, that is incredible. Right, right, right. right. So, yeah. So uh, Thursday, your family's going to, you're going to do everything in your parish, right? Yeah, that's the fun thing okay. about being an acolyte and getting ready for the diaconate. Oh, I'm even going to sing the exultet. But you're jumping ahead to the vigil. I'm sorry. Well, I'm excited about that. See that? that. Didn't you listen to anything I've said? Why? Right, can you write down when we get to that point? I want to mention that I'm going to oh, sing the exultet. Believe me, we'll remember. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I have an idea. Why don't we do this real quick? Uh-huh. Let's do our Franciscan plug now, and then we can okay. just roll into um, the Tritum stuff. 
Okay, cool. Because right, it, it, it kind of ties in, to it be connects. honest. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, it does. Well, as we enter the holiest days of the church calendar, uh, we both invite you to visit, if you haven't had a chance yet, Lent 2021, which is a collection of resources and inspiration for Lent and now for Holy Week. Uh, it's a Franciscan thing. We, you can watch a number of really beautiful videos, seven short videos from Father Dave and other friars about the last words of Jesus. Uh, you'll find there a link to all the Holy Week liturgies. And we'll, we'll probably mention this a bit at the end. You know, I know some of you might be in places where, uh, you know, you have to have tickets and you have to do other things and you might not be able to get to all the Holy Week stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can celebrate with us as a Franciscan family uh, to check them out. So it's going to be a Holy Thursday evening, Good mm -hmm. Friday, and the Easter Vigil uh, at Franciscan, which is always a very, very special event, as well as Easter Sunday. So please experience right. Holy Week with Franciscan University by logging on to Lent 2021 at franciscan.edu slash Lent. That's franciscan.edu slash Lent. Lent. We do those, uh, actually the liturgies and stuff will also be on Facebook live and then they'll be archived there. So if people want to go to the Franciscan University uh, page on Facebook, they're able to get it there as well. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. So it's interesting because we've got a, a longer break on campus. So um, right. my, my suspicion is quite a few of the students are going to actually leave today to be able to spend time with their families. Um, but I honestly, I, I always encourage the students at least once during your time at the university, stay at the university for the Triduum, because I think it's something that we do actually really, really well, really yes. beautifully and, and worshipful, worshipful. So just invite people. But I love like this evening or tomorrow evening's uh, liturgy. I've got the mass for that. And, you know, Holy Thursday is such, yeah, there's so much richness to that. You've got obviously the celebration of the institution of the Eucharist mm -hmm. and, and the special role of the priesthood. In relationship and then you've also have it's interesting because if you were to ask most people what the gospel is they would say it's eucharistic but it's not the second reading is that the gospel is the washing of the disciples feet yeah um again so if if all you knew is what you've heard you see jesus kneeling down before them but there's a connection obviously kneeling before them and, and washing their feet and and the humility that there is in that but but it's also the humility in the Eucharist. That's one of the things I love about St. Francis is he was just awed at the humility of God, that God would take flesh, that he would become one of us, but the same God would, would kneel down before us and, and wash our feet is, is such a beautiful image. And then even, even further than that, right, that he offers his body. And I think one of the things to, to think of as we're going through this, I think sometimes we think like Jesus, everything was kind of out of control and, and, and he was arrested and he was beaten. But Jesus was in control in the whole process of this. It's not like at any moment he could have said enough, stop. But he allowed this to happen, as, as we hear in the scriptures, to prove his love for us. But also talk about this more on Good Friday to really fight for us. So I love, I love the Thursday evening liturgy. It's almost like, you know, I mean, even in the scriptures we heard this weekend, like every detail down to where they're going to get the colt is planned. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like go yeah, down yeah. there and if they ask you, tell them it's tell me, them, right, you right, know, right. like everything is absolutely worked out. This um, reflection of Holy Thursday has been very special for me as I'm entering into uh, the diaconate. One of the images that's come up from a lot of folks, you know, talking about these levels of holy orders, right? Because um, just to say it out loud to make people know, a deacon is the first level of holy orders. The second mm -hmm. level is priest, and the third is is bishop. 
And you talk about in terms of the priest and the bishop, they act in persona Christi. And one of the phrases they often use is persona Christi capitus, the in person of Christ the head. And deacons serve in a type of persona Christi of uh, diaconia, which is a servant. And so what you have in the Holy Thursday liturgy is you have this image of Christ the servant, which is the washing of the feet, which is a very diaconal ministry. And you have the image of Christ the high priest, mm. you know, in the Eucharist. Mm. And, um, you know, Father Dave, as we kind of joke, but you are a deacon and a priest. Mm -hmm. You know, you, one doesn't ditch the diaconate right. to become a priest. And it's right. the fullness of holy orders that really is such a beautiful thing. But in my own life, I've, I've been very much reflecting. I notice in a lot of diaconal uh, spirituality and prayer and other stuff, it's always that image of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, mm. um, which is really a highlight of that, I mean, that particular ministry um, you know, that I'm called to and that you've been called to and everybody who's been ordained right, right. Uh, is called to in, in a special way. It's just, yeah, it's mind-blowing. It is, it you know, is. The it humility is. of Jesus. I also yeah, love how he says in the scriptures and the gospel, sometimes we miss this. He says, I give you a new commandment hmm. to love one another as I have loved you. And I remember Benedict writing about this, that sometimes we forget that this is a new commandment. You know, the Leviticus commandment was to love one another mm -hmm. as you love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. Right, right, right. Jesus is saying, no, your neighbor isn't a good enough standard for here. So you got to love each other as I love you. And boy, we need grace for that. And once right. he says that, he gives us the grace in the Eucharist. Yeah, I remember when we were in, in seminary, there was a was part of this discussion that there was question in the Middle Ages whether or not the washing of the feet was almost a sacrament. You know, this, this, this action, this um, expression of humility, this mediation of grace that takes place in that. And Again, the, the idea that the Lord would, would humble himself and do that and serve for us. I, I don't know. My suspicion is, is that most people listening have never had their feet washed at the service. And, and I don't know how, what we can do about that because only 12 people <laughs> each time, right? Yeah. But, but it's just, it's a humbling experience on and both sides. And as somebody sides. that worked at a parish trying to get people to sign yeah, up for it, yeah. it was very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, on, ever, nobody wanted to do it. Yeah, on both sides. But, but the other thing to bear in mind, and, and it's pretty remarkable, is that Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples who he knew were going to abandon him and yeah. walk away from him and betray him. And again, I, I'll happily wash the feet of, you know, you, Bob, or, or the people in the community, but Jesus washes the feet of his betrayer, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's just something about, yeah, the Lord just loves us differently, you know? And then again, he gives himself to us. He gives himself and humbles himself and becomes present to us in the Eucharist. Again, to, I mean, the vulnerability is in that, that he, he profoundly gives himself and trusts that, you know, that we'll safeguard that and we'll, and we'll receive that with grace and blessing. And it's just, it's pretty remarkable. It's, it's a great, great liturgy. And I also love how it ends. Like you said, it's just, it's just quiet. We strip the altar uh, and, and people go on. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, we have a time to adore him in the Eucharist mm -hmm. and then party because Lent is over. Yeah. And that really brings about the formal ending of Lent. But you don't party yet because we're, we're moving no. into Friday. But it's interesting. And this is not something I grew up because I grew up in a small town, but you didn't. Did you grow up in visiting churches on Thursday evening? Nope. 
because uh, in places that have lots of churches, that's kind of a custom is because the churches are decorated beautifully. And after the mm-hmm. Thursday evening, uh, and I was, when I was in Pittsburgh, the little bus would take them around, I think, to seven churches or something like that. It's kind of an interesting really? tradition. Yeah. Like one of those party buses where everyone's on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. That, that's that kind of vibe. That's a lot. That's a lot. What it is. Yeah, that's exactly right. Which is a custom that came from the Middle Ages. I'm sure. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Right. So yeah. that's our Thursday evening. So my, our, our, you know, our prayer for you is that you're able to enter into that. And even if you're not able to go to the liturgy, maybe just take a second and take a look at the scriptures or. Like get crazy, maybe model that for your family to to be able to wash the feet of your children and your husband or your or your wife or something like that. There may be something there that you might not be able to go to a liturgy, but you could still participate in that. Would be great. Yeah, Amen. Good. And then we find ourselves at a day of fasting and penance of Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And don't jump, don't jump to Saturday. Don't jump to Sunday. Just 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 be with that. One of the things I re- I reflect on and. It gets into the whole question of, of you know, high Christology and low Christology. What did Jesus know? What is he aware of? What did he know about the future? All these kinds of things. Somebody said to me, you know, he's just going through the motion. He knew he was going to rise. But this, that, what that does is it, it, it minimizes that offering, you know, that, that Jesus, Jesus goes to the cross and he, and he suffers for us. At any moment could have stopped it, but suffers for us. And that it's to, you know, to be able to step back and think and, you know, this has is, is, is been a, a difficult year watching people suffer, but, you know, watching what Jesus went through and, and being near him. And, and that's my challenge to everybody is don't turn away. Don't turn away that, that it's important for us to be able to stop and just focus and reflect and, and, and look at what Jesus has done for us. And, and when did Jesus not give everything? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that idea of... I'll deal with the physical anguish. I just won't worry about the mental anguish. Right, right. You know, I, I know it's all going to be fine. And maybe I'll even just turn off those little pain, you know, pain centers in my brain. And I'll just, I mean, he was literally sweating blood the night before. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he was saying things like, my soul is anxious to the point of death. And, mm. um, you know, I love, um, I love, you know, images such as we get from the movie Passion of the Christ. But it's the emotion that I think sometimes we don't take into consideration, you know, the, what was it like to be betrayed? Again, we read the scriptures and we go, oh yeah, well, Judas is the betrayer, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's almost like every time they said Judas's name, there was like a dun, dun, yeah, dun, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, with everybody. But like he was, he was one of the apostles, you know, when, when the apostles were sent out two by two to heal and cast out demons and proclaim the message, there wasn't a footnote except for Judas, who didn't do it very well. Right, right, like right, right. He was, he was right in there. He was a part of the ministry. He was a part of the family. And so the betrayal, um, you know, with the other apostles, and even though Jesus, even though Jesus knew it was going to happen, it doesn't mean it happening isn't heartbreaking, right? Sure, I mean, this sure, is sure. the very type of person Jesus came to save. And entering into that that day of Good Friday, that day of being rejected the people calling out for Barabbas over him, you know, after all he had done, all the healings he had done, all the miracles, all the good works he had done. I mean, just because you know it's coming doesn't diminish the blow of of that moment, you know, just seeing the rejection in people's faces. No. He did that for us. Yeah, yeah. And just 
like you're saying, Bob, is that, you know, I get frustrated or I get hurt because this or that or the other people aren't, they fail, they don't follow through, all, all those kinds of things. I just, the weight of it all, you know, Isaiah says that he, he bore the sins of us all. And yeah, I, on one level, I, I appreciated the passion on the Christ. The other is, is it's, it tries to make sense out of it, but it just doesn't make sense, you know, and, and it's uncomfortable for us because who, who likes to look at that? Who likes to pay attention to that? The other is that it demands a response. Right. It demands a response from us. And we were, I was having a conversation with a friend who's a priest recently, and he was just sharing about that, you know, that, that battle that's taking place. That when Jesus goes to the cross, that, that it's a battle that's taking place. And the evil one thinks that he'd won it, but he doesn't realize that he was tricked. He was trapped into this and, and he overplayed his hand, you know. Yeah. But but it reminds us that yeah that it's not just going through the motions, but there was a profound fight and and taking back this earth, taking back our hearts, taking back humanity uh, for himself, making Jesus the rightful the rightful owner again. And yes, again, life is busy and it's crazy, and there's a million things going on. And again, I can't I can't imagine what it is to have a family and. and yeah, it, it's a blessing if your kids go to Catholic school. It's a blessing that they're home. It's a blessing that they've got the day off. But then it also gets busy, I'm sure. To be it gets to- crazy. One of the things we try to do on Good Friday is um, at least from 12 to 3, mm-hmm. um, no media. Yeah. You know, we even we even like take a like a sheet and we cover the television. I yeah. mean, like we just try to make like visible symbols of um, – disconnecting um and actually we try to like play a game as a family i mean even though it doesn't seem very good friday-ish but you know it's just the idea together well yeah because you can't what i learned as a dad is you can't particularly with kids you can't just say don't do this and then not give them something to do right Right, right, i mean they just they're not going to just sit around and mourning and wailing you know all all day so um but just try to have that human connection that opportunity uh, try to have a moment of prayer, mm-hmm. head over to the church at three o'clock, you know, and um, yeah, just again, just be a part of that service. Yeah. Um, just just do something that really distinguishes the day from us. And that's, I think that's what's the, really important is, is that you mark this day and this time is different. Yeah. There's something different. I remember growing up that we would, um, we would fast, some of us more than others, I suppose, but from Holy Thursday until, until the vigil. And, and and as a kid, I thought it was pretty cool because it was kind of hardcore, you know, yeah, hardcore. Right. But it just I, again, it was it was okay. There's Lent, and then there's there's this right that that time right. from Thursday to vigil is is marked should be marked different, and that was kind of a little way that we could do that. Yeah. So yeah. will you go to the service at your parish as well? Then everything you're doing at the parish. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is a blessing. And I'll get to wear my old and do a lot of the readings and be on the okay. altar and, and veneration yeah, and the veneration of the cross. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's, that. there's, I, I realized this when I was doing parish missions uh, full time, there's a lot of people that have never gone to those services. You know, really? they've, they've yeah. never gone to the Holy Thursday. It's just not part of their tradition, not a part of their family or gone to the good Friday. And I get it. I mean, depending on the parish, some people have to take a day off and, and, and it's easy to say, oh, everybody should take a day off. It's Good Friday. Well, it 
it's not so easy for some people, right? Um, but to, to be able to do something on that day that makes it different, other than just, you know, we're, we're doing fast and abstinent on Fridays all during week, but there's, there's something about Holy Friday and Good Friday that, that invites us to, to mark it as being different. Well, and if you haven't had a chance to go to any of those services, um, you know, some things that people don't realize is that Good Friday isn't a mass. Right. Like the, after Holy Thursday, uh, the tabernacle is empty. And that's always what I find to be one of the most striking things about going to the church on Good Friday. I mean, the tabernacle door is open. The candle is blown out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's you do receive the Eucharist, but you receive what was consecrated the night before. Right. Um, but like for that one, I mean, just think about, you know, if if every time the Eucharist is consecrated, if there's like a light, you know, and you just I just imagine like planet Earth and at all. I mean, the mass is being celebrated all the time everywhere. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just almost can see like the lights going on on the whole world and then there's this one day where all those lights just go dark like nobody is celebrating a mass that day there's no consecration of the eucharist it is a weird that's that's powerful it is it's it's very different i mean that's that's what's great about going to these tritium liturgies you know those of you that have you've gone to liturgies before you've not gone to liturgies like this if you haven't had a chance to and it's really strange that you know having lived in, in a friary and you always have the Blessed Sacrament present. So the, the, the Blessed Sacrament is reserved because we need to be able to have the Blessed Sacrament to give communion on Friday. But I never go. I, there's just, I, I make the decision, you know, to, to be without. You know, it's, it's the Mary Magdalene who, who longs to be with Jesus and just longs to be present to him, but he's dead, you know? So yeah. she wasn't able to, and, and that's that, resist that temptation because i know where we keep the blessed sacrament right i could go if i wanted to <laughs> right but uh there's yeah there's just that that being separated from it is is good for us to be able to pray and reflect and think about that yeah and then yeah. honestly there's the thursday and, and i mean the saturday which is the vigil starts at at sundown generally on saturday um but there's that saturday is just a weird day and i love i just i just pulled it up the office of readings begin uh, i'm glad you're gonna quote this because this is actually one of my favorite readings in all the just readings. the very beginning of it yeah, this is yeah. the one with adam and eve uh well i'm not going to read the whole thing oh, okay. but the, the, the beginning line it says from an ancient homily on holy saturday something strange is happening there is a great silence on earth today a great silence and a stillness the whole earth keeps silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh, and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the beginning of the world. God has died in the flesh, and hell trembles with fear. Hmm. I mean, doesn't that this kick you? So but awesome. I mean, I yeah. know it. Seriously, it's funny. I a couple of days ago I went ahead and read this. It's just and Saturday again is such a weird day. You don't have mass yeah. in the morning. The blessed sacrament's not present. And then that there's a great silence. God has slept. Yeah. Well, the the thing I love about that reading is the imagery at the end of how, you know, because this is, you know, Jesus descended to the dead. What's yeah. he doing? He's liberating um, those that went before him. And specifically, it talks about he goes right to Adam and Eve. Yeah like his first creations. God always loved Adam and Eve and never forgot about them. And 
there's a very beautiful mosaic. Uh, I don't remember where the church is, which shows Jesus like lifting up Adam and Eve out mm-hmm. of their graves. Mm-hmm. And um, like, it's a weird day. What's he doing? He is setting people yes. free. He's and that's what I was talking about. He's work. fighting yeah, for right. us. He's fighting. He's not yeah. just like chilling out and, and kind of waiting, but, but that is where this battle is taking place. And I love that, you know, uh, hell trembles, right? right? This is, I mean, the, this is kind of supernatural, esoteric, but take some time and think about that, that, that all of the world was in darkness at that moment. And, and the, the principalities and the dominions and, and the angels and everything just stopped. And there's, yeah. there's a great painting. I, I Forgive me, I don't know who did it. It's at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. But it's Jesus coming out of hell. And, and like there's these big, beautiful gate that's just trash. I mean, it just breaks it down, <laughs> right? And it's just, yeah. it's just this great, great image that is that, that Saturday, which is such a strange, strange day. Awesome. Yeah, and then we get to the vigil. I don't know vigil if I'm talking this Father Dave, but hey, I'm going to be singing the exalting. Right. I am. Yes, right. yes, I am. I'm doing the short form. Okay, well, tell us why that's a big deal. Uh, why the short form is a big deal? No, no. Why, why the exalted is a big deal? Yeah. Oh well, the exalted is. I mean, it's an ancient chant hymn of the church that pronounces uh, this moment of rejoicing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it starts. It, it, you know, and in the churches, churches generally in darkness, maybe candles. Yeah. With and, you know, let, you know, let the trumpet sound, let this building rock, you know, with, the, with joy. Oh, yeah. This is great. And, and also deacon, one of my favorite and, lines, oh, happy fault, yeah, which gained yeah. for us so great a redeemer. I mean, it's this acknowledgement that we thought everything was done for. Right. And yet we are getting more then we bargain for, I mean, this is even better than if Adam and Eve had never sinned yeah, yeah. because we get the redemption and we get the divinization that comes through what he does on the cross. Right. I mean, Put that on, on, our, on our supernatural, on, on our superpowers and stuff. Let's also put divinization. I mean, what is that? You throw that, what does that mean that we're being divinized and, and yeah. that's seen and, and celebrated every liturgy all the time, but this idea of it specifically at the vigil. So we'll, we'll pick that up again, but also yeah. that that's a deacon's prayer is, mm-hmm. is that is ideally you want a deacon to be able to do that. I remember when I was a deacon, I was, I mean, you, you do music all the time. That's not something that, that I do very often, or at least certainly like that. Cause you, you stand in front of the church and, and everybody's excited and you proclaim that begins the liturgy with the exalted, and I was so nervous. It's like, oh my gosh, don't let me mess up. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I actually, I think I did okay, but I had put it on a little tape. This was when we had tapes, right? Cassette right. tapes. And I just had listened to it Your a H- thousand H- times, a yeah. thousand times just to try to get it. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I have like a little YouTube video and I'm just hitting repeat, repeat, repeat like yeah, every day. Yeah. I'm just doing it three or four times just because, you know, I want to get there and I want to be able to, to, to mean what I say. Yeah, like yeah. I want to, I want to be able to not worry about the oh, 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 oh you know, yeah, part yeah, as much yeah, as just, easy. just to, because it is, it's a proclamation. It's not a song. Mm-hmm. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a proclamation of the good news. And yeah, again, that's the role of the deacon, the ministry of the word. It's why he also gets to, you know, even if there's priests present, uh, the mm-hmm. deacon reads the gospel because uh, that's really again part of that Christ the servant. Well, and again, if you've not been to the Easter Vigil, one of the things that's beautiful about it, and, and I readily admit that sometimes it's it's difficult depending how it's done, uh, is it's salvation history. There are yeah. I think seven readings that take place if you do them all, 
And, and if you just went to one liturgy a year, I mean, from, from the perspective of the scriptures, you, you hear our entire salvation history in those readings. And I get it. It's a little bit long, but yeah. there's just something beautiful about kind of one at one place, having it all laid out before you and say, Oh my goodness, this is, this is what we believe. Yeah. It's, we always do the, the psalm response about the horse and the chariots, they're cast into the sea. And yeah, yeah. it's just, it's, it's a great, great celebration. You know, just an encouragement to listeners. I, I've never been at a vigil that's read all seven, except for Franciscan University. And I mean, I get there's pastoral reasons and there's mm-hmm. old people and there's young people and it does get long. And there's probably, I'm going to say a high probability that whatever vigil you go to, you're not going to get all of the readings, which isn't a slight to that place. It's just the reality of it. Um, but if you want to check it out, go to the Franciscan site and see, um, hear the music. I mean, they mm-hmm. do beautiful psalm responses, and it's a very joyful, joyful celebration. Um, and the cool thing is that, mystery. is that it's largely done in darkness until the Gloria, and then all the lights come on in the Gloria and, and you celebrate the glory because we haven't sung it, you know, in regular liturgies right. except for solemnity the entire Lent. And, and then again, the, the vigil is, yeah, it's, it's that all the things that we talked about, the, the cross is not the end of the story. And this is what we, we continue to remind ourselves is, you know, uh, 2020 is not the end of the story. COVID is not the end of the story. Death is not the end of the story. And, and the resurrection, the empty tomb is that fundamental reality is that we remind ourselves that. And it's something, you know, given what's what's taken place with my family, with my brother passing this year, I must say this this week has been a little bit more emotional for me, but also standing on that reality that Jesus did break the power of sin and the power of death, the power of addiction, all of those kinds of things that that that's a lived experience in reality. And that's what we celebrate, obviously, in a big way at the Easter Vigil. But we celebrate every time we come to Mass. It's not just something that, that we do on the Easter Vigil, but this this reminder expressly in, in the Easter Vigil is such a great celebration. And one of the great examples of that are the baptisms. You know, Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. It was something, many people don't realize this, but this was something actually coming out of the Second Vatican Council uh, to put the Ministry of Evangelization forefront and in doing so, ask the question, well, how do we celebrate those who are being reborn and decided to put that celebration intentionally at the biggest liturgical celebration the church has, you know, which is the Easter Vigil. This is the perfect example of people being brought from death into mm-hmm. life. And, you know, just again, uh, pray for those in your church, uh, those in your parish. Hopefully you have baptisms, you know, that, yeah. that are going yeah. on. Pray for all those around the world who are being baptized this night. Uh, you know, don't go, oh, darn it, we have to sit through some yeah, baptisms. Yeah, it's going to be another <laughs> 10 <know>? minutes long. <laughs> right, exactly. No, and, and I, and I think especially say, I adult that, baptism is just so glorious. And I would know? say that, that they go to the vigil, but also go with the understanding that it's going to be longer. You know, give give the evening, give that evening to the Lord. And, and, and this is easy for me to say, but if you have kids and you're worried about them being noisy or fidgety, it's okay. Relax. It's okay. Yeah. Let them sleep. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with my little kids, I do. I just they just oh sure yeah 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 and, that's right yeah, yeah, yeah I just so let them just sleep there. It. I don't worry about John's twenty two years old. All right, he doesn't yeah he should stay away anymore. He should, yeah he should stay away. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. 
that's, yeah, what a so wonderful it, and joyful celebration. It and is. then you and party. Just, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, well, the friars, obviously, will all participate in the vigil and uh, generally we'll come back to the friary that night and we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate. We'll have a snack, have something to drink and just be able to really, I mean, that's one thing Francis, St. Francis should teach us that when it's time to fast, it's time to fast. But when it's time to feast, Francis knew how to feast as much as anybody. And, and yeah, we need to, we need to claim that, that, that it's, it's time to celebrate. And then we'll have morning prayer and mass again the next day. I wonder what we're doing for Easter dinner. I wonder if I'm cooking. I should find that out, shouldn't I? <laughs> I should find that out. Wow. Okay. And the liturgies on Easter Sunday are also all different from each other. They are. Yeah. You've uh, got the you've you know got that, the sunrise. The sunrise right, liturgy the, is different the than the, at the yeah. different times are different readings and different yeah. emphasis, and it really yeah. just becomes a a constant constant celebration. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, this podcast is called "They That Hope," and this is our hope. Uh, the yeah. hope of the resurrection, uh, that Jesus Christ will come again. And uh, I know, gosh, pretty much everybody, unless I think you're clergy or you had some kind of in, uh, we all missed celebrating this in person last year uh, together. Yeah. And I know, sadly, uh, there are still those of you that are listening that might not be able to do that. Um, you know, whether, you know, there's, you have to get a ticket or, yeah. you know, there's limited attendance and, you know, it's great to see things opening up and some places in the country are just starting to open up for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, but this is our hope, you know, and, uh, just know that we are, we've been grateful to be podcasting through this dark time. We have hope in the resurrection, hope in Christ mm. and, uh, are just praying for all of you listening and all of you during this time with your family, that the Lord would really give you uh, just a deeper sense of hope in his resurrection and his presence and truly bless you and your families uh, over this tritium time. Amen. Amen. And then just just stay with Jesus. You know, walk with him. Stay with him on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, vigil, Easter. Just, just stay with Jesus and he'll stay with you. Father, we Amen. just thank you for, yeah, your blessing. We thank you for this holiest week of the year that we would continue to encounter you. You show us your face in so many ways over the next couple of days. Uh, take away the scales from our eyes that don't allow us to see you or to encounter you. Father, I ask your blessing upon those families as they celebrate this time together, particularly those who are suffering, those who have known loss this year and will feel a sadness and an emptiness this year. Be present to them. And Jesus, we just thank you for the glory that is uh, our salvation, the glory that is in the cross, the majesty that is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Bless all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a good Easter, Amen. Bob. Hey, you too, Father Dave, and you too, for all who are listening. Again, our prayers and our Easter joy is with you. Uh, may the Lord bring what is dead to life and give hope where there may have been despair. Uh, please share your stories of hope with us at hope at franciscan.edu. And again, uh, if you have a chance, check out what we're doing here on campus at franciscan.edu slash Lent. That's franciscan.edu slash Lent. God bless. Yeah.